Hey, Matthew. Yeah? Uh, we got a voicemail. A voicemail? Uh, yeah, I know. We don't even use Twitter. I know, but I think you should listen to this. I mean, it's probably somebody who just accidentally butt-dialed this number. Uh, it's... it's from Vladimir Putin. Yes, hello. This is Vlad. Long time surveiller, first time caller. I called to say I am a big fan of podcast and how much you shit on the USA America. <laughs> I especially like your episode, A Man Like Putin. I hope to visit Norway very soon. Podcast Yggdrasil. Yes, hello. We are <clears throat> We're back. Yay. Woo. Happy, merry things. Yeah, happy. There were a lot of holidays since last yeah. time, Matthew. There's like all of them, I think. Yeah, there's Thanksgiving, you know, gotta celebrate the genocide of the Native Americans. There's uh, Christmas. There's... Storming what? the Capitol. Storming the Capitol, New Year's. Yeah, all the important holidays. Uh, and now we're back. Yes. With, yes. With more happy thoughts. Yeah. And much like us, the Russian military is also back. Or did they ever leave? <laughs> that was a bad segue. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, today we're talking about Russia and Ukraine. Very good because friends. Fuck. <laughs> Things are happening, Matthew. I mean, it's our tradition in January to have the World War Three episode, after all. Yeah, I think we started last year that way as well. <laughs> uh, like I told you earlier, uh, my my new New Year's resolution for us is for us to have at least one episode, one episode of Podcast Idrasil that's exclusively positive and lighthearted and fun and warm and fuzzy. Puppies. With kittens. And puppies, yes. And I mean, um, we probably managed to do that with our amazing schedule. Mm, mm. Yes, move on. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> like the tanks. But yeah, I mean, time flies, man. It doesn't feel like it's been a year. I've been a dad for more than a year now. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. weird. He's still alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for somehow he's still alive. <laughs> he bumped his head again just today. Uh, no marks this time. Work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so stupid. Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, normally you would say like, ah, he has his eyes of his mother or, you know, the nose of his father. This situation, he has his IQ from his father. Yeah, all two of it. <laughs> Both IQs. So, on subject. Uh, Russia are moving a lot of soldiers and military stuff yeah, they're, to the border of Ukraine. They're going on winter vacation. Yeah, just vacationing, you know, alongside the border. Uh, releasing, I think they've been... Haven't there been reports of already, you know, them doing shit across the border? Or in the border territories? I mean, I'm sure there's been somebody that has, like, you know, just tiptoed over the border to, like, you know, that, look no, nasty. No, I mean more like, I, I seem to remember reading that, I mean, it's an unconfirmed thing, uh, but I seem to remember reading just a couple days ago that uh, certain places they had experienced, you know, some gas leaks or something, uh, like major, some yeah, stuff that sounded suspicious. But yeah, as well as, like, some... Something in Ukraine got hacked as well. <laughs> yeah, that's not a surprise. So, how do we feel about that? I mean, it's not the first time Putin want to take a chunk out of Ukraine. Nah, he's been there before. I mean, 
was it 2014 they I annexed so. Crimea or stole Crimea mm. I, they say annexed uh, they stole it they invaded it and now they're coming for more it seems and I don't know about you but what I've been discussing okay not with people <laughs> mostly with the multiple angry voices inside my head oh uh, it's the I, I question was thought you were gonna say you were discussing with the baby oh him too him too yeah he's all up to date on the Putin stuff. His uh, comment was... Sounds like him. <laughs> yeah, sounds like him. Oh, Anton. So, how do you feel? Do you think... I mean, do you think uh, Russia is going to invade Ukraine? I think there might be, like, a partial invasion. Like, mm -hmm. you know... That's they, what I'm thinking, too. They, they're, they're probably going to enter and take, you know... When, when the civil war or i mean I, I hesitate to call it a civil war because when the civil war happened it was already majorly funded by russia mm. so it was more like a proxy war but you know the, the two places they got control over was you know the the eastern part as well as crimea so it kind of feels like they're they're coming for a second meal mm. uh, i think if they were to annex the entirety of ukraine nato would have to do some shits but they probably won't care about you know small parts yeah, I, I think it's. I think they're gonna boil the frog, because uh, personally, I think NATO needs to uh, put all of its military uh, at the ready to defend Ukraine if Russian troops cross that fucking border. Uh, but I think their plan is to simply, you know, like you said, take some border territories, just inch your way into Ukraine over time. And, yeah, just play the long game. Uh, because most people don't care if things just happen slowly. Uh, if it happens slowly enough, people don't have that much of a reaction to it. And that seems to be the attitude of our politicians as well. They, yeah. They don't like it when things move abruptly. But I haven't seen them speak too strongly, you know, against what's happening. I'm sure it will send a strongly worded letter. We'll send you a very strongly worded letter telling you how angry we are. Yes, we are very angry. This is Sweden. Do not touch. I mean, Sweden is in, you know, an interesting part of this as well, because one of the demands that Russia put forward was not only about, you know, Ukraine, but the fact that NATO wouldn't be able to expand its neighbor states to the countries that were close to Russia which includes Finland and Sweden. Mm. Like, at the moment, you have military presence in the streets in Sweden. But those demands, I mean, Russia aren't expecting anyone to, you know, give in to those demands. Uh, it's mostly just shadow theater, I feel. Uh, of course, I mean, the Russians have been allowed to do some heinous shit over the years. Like... It hasn't even been 10 years since they released a biological weapon in Great Britain. Like, they they will go to drastic steps to, you know, further their agenda. But I don't think anyone, Russia least of all, expected, you know, expected those demands they made to be taken very seriously. No, it feels more like demands you're putting forward to use the refusion of it as an excuse to act. Yeah, you refused to negotiate, so we were forced to do this and that. So, uh, yeah, 
shit is bad. Yeah. Um... And I mean, the interesting thing will be like, in what way not to abuse Ukraine because it's not a member state. No. Uh, there were discussions about, you know, hastily making them a member or offering them membership. Uh, the problem I is think that is stalled. And, and, and the problem that has, be, I mean, this has been a problem all along is that you can only join NATO if you control your own sovereign borders, which, due to Crimea and the eastern parts of Ukraine, they don't. Hmm. Um, you can't, you know, join while you're in a conflict, so to say. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, say something clever. I mean, to to defend our new Eastern sponsors, uh, there, there's an argument to be said that, you know, NATO expanding eastwards, like... America was really mad when the Soviets were putting stuff in Cuba. And, you know, you could argue to a certain extent it's kind of the same situation. But on the other hand, you know... These countries has been autonomous since you know the split from the union, like yeah. thirty years ago almost now. I've heard those time. arguments, and while they're, I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying when you say it. Uh, I think they are vastly different situations because if let's say NATO expands its memberships, let's say they add Ukraine to their members. I don't think NATO has ever acted aggressively in a military way against the Soviets uh, or now Russia under Putin. Like soldiers, soldiers on the ground, aggressive. Have they? I don't think so. I mean, it could be something. I mean, not counting, the, you know, separatists funded by yeah, Russia, the, blah, I mean, proxy the, shit. The, most of the shit in the Cold War was proxy related. Yeah, what I mean is, NATO has never taken land from Russia. The only country being aggressive here is Russia. They're the only yeah, aggressors here. But but I I mean it's more of a like the fact that you know they can build like missile launchers like two kilometers from your own border and that tends to freak countries out. Sure, but most countries today that you know put good amounts of money into their military. I mean, let's be honest, we have the missile technology to blow us all to f shit. Like, yeah, Europe isn't that big. <laughs> it's pretty concentrated. Uh, we'll we'll get, our, get our missiles where we need them to go. Uh, I just, yeah. I'm so sick of Russia playing this stupid game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing the, you know, they're trying to get, like, making Ukraine a border front... As well as fucking the country up. Yeah, and it's also it's also just the I won't even say hypocrisy because they're not genuine in anything they're doing. Uh, so they're not hypocrites; they're just assholes. But like I said, NATO will never invade Russia. Will never take land from Russia. They've never done that and never threatened to do so, as far as I know, at least. So this danger Russia is uh, falsely claiming to protecting themselves from, or the threats, uh, they're, they're non-existent threats, not unrealistic threats. The... I mean, I would totally understand that, you know, Russian people, or not people, that, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking in a political sense, mm. that they don't, you know, trust the word of America. I'm not talking or... about America, I'm talking about, you know, 
NATO and Europe. Not yeah, but like you could make an easy argument say that like you know America kind of controls NATO. Yeah, well, sure. Um, but um, I mean, I I think I have a solution to the problem. Like this is you know the we couldn't solve the Palestinian situation, but you know this is my proposition. So Putin really not a fan of the LGBT people. And he wants this to be, you know, a border zone. So he gives back the stuff to Ukraine and all like Russian LGBT people can go live there. Fantastic. Problem solved. <laughs> Big brain time. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, I'm I'm quite pissed about this situation because I'm so sick of Russia and Vlad Putin. Fuck, fuck him. Bald-headed freak. Uh, again, how do you feel? Uh, what do you feel NATO's reaction should be if Russian troops cross the border into Ukraine? Do you think NATO or anyone else should do anything? If war breaks out, should we do anything? The problem is, I feel, if they don't act, you kind of like... You know, it's it's the same thing. I mean, I know it's a bad thing to like say, oh, this is a similar thing with Hitler. But like, you know, when he was allowed to, you know secretly or not so secretly you know annex because you know there was like oh our people are oppressed here let's go in and help them and then mm. oh no we took the country like you let him you let people do this once they'll keep on doing this thing and i'm sure there's like you know you know we have you know the baltic nation that you know used to be part of russia that i'm sure they wouldn't mind getting back especially you know getting a land bridge from uh you know, the whatever the fuck, uh, Kaliningrad it's called, or, you know, the... Kaliningrad? The, yeah. So, the problem is, if you let this slide here, they're definitely going to do it again. Yeah. Like, I mean, Poland isn't that far. And so, uh, and I think the, uh, you know, comparing it to Nazi Germany and Hitler, it's perfectly apt. It's, yeah, that's a good comparison. Uh I'm, I almost said I'm a bit simple-minded, not a lie, but <laughs> not what I meant. Uh, I'm of a singular way of thinking when it comes to this. And your points about, you know, um, Russians defending themselves from missile attacks, blah, blah, blah. Sure, I can accept that narrative that, yeah, the, maybe the Russians feel threatened. Uh, and don't trust the USA. Of course, they shouldn't. I mean, actually, <laughs> the uh, Russia probably has more reason to trust the USA than any other nation on Earth, considering they basically controlled it for a while and still have their fingers in it. I mean, that's the problem Trump lost. Yeah. But let's say they are right to fear that shit. Uh, Ukraine is still a sovereign nation. Yeah. It has autonomy. You're not supposed to fuck with it. It's a nation of its own. So regardless of how threatened or not threatened Russia is, they have no right, no right to do anything aggressive towards Ukraine. Get fucked. No right. You have no right. So when they step into Ukraine, I think we need to act. I think we need to send soldiers, military into Ukraine and kill enough Russian soldiers that... They stop and go back to Russia. Not follow them. Don't follow them into Russia. Just kick them out of Ukraine. Send them back in pieces until they grow tired. 
So much for our Russian listeners. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> Fuck all of you. You get paid to listen to the shit, I guess. Bot bitches. Yeah, like... Click farm assholes. We got like 10 times the amount of listeners <laughs> yeah. on our Putin episode, yeah. so like, something happened. <laughs> it was a very popular episode. But yeah, I think I like it's funny. Hello, Russian intelligentsia. Yeah, hello, FSB. Like, I mean, I hope you're... You have some coffee, you're nice and chill. Like suck it. I mean, you know that like the people who at least are do, having to listen to this podcast, and they're they're like you know the shit here in that you know organization. Yeah. So like, the I, 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 I pity you. I pity you. I do not trust you to wash floor properly. Here, listen to these two idiots from Norway discuss our activities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, seriously, I, uh, yeah, may call it a simple way of thinking about it, but it, really. When it happens, like, we can talk and talk and talk, but when it happens, when Russian tanks roll across the border, what are we going to do? Are we going yeah. to act or are we not? Because just telling Russia that, hey, we don't appreciate you invading and countries next to us, that's not going to cut it. And, like, I'm not the most hawkish of persons, but considering <laughs> the fact that we've been letting a lot of shit slide from Russia, like, mm. they've been, you know, having military, you know, tests with their, like... You know, fucking with our sovereignty. Yeah, just here in Norway. When when they're um, we're constantly seeing you know, oh, Russian subs have decided. There, there, there are way. hacks that are pretty obvious mm. from Russia. There are you know accidental church visits. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at some point you need kind of to draw a line in the sand. And to put it in an other way, I would be fine with NATO caving in and not acting. If they had more, I mean, it seems like, you know, Russia does some shit and they're just re reacting. You know, if they had, you know, okay, fucking Russia, what can we do to like, you know, make Putin just fall from grace and, you know, coup the country from inside or some shit. Like if they were doing things, that would be fine. But since they're just not been doing anything or like, you know, dealing with, because, you know, this is not as much Russia doing things as it is to the, you know, the reign of Putin in many ways has been, you know, the classical uh, re-tyrannification of a country with, like, somebody comes in, it's kind of democratic, they get some economic success, you know, countries are hopeful, and then, like, things starting to go a bit shit, so they, you know, crack down on a bit of opposition, make sure that, you know, the, the news only talk one way, and then things get a bit more worse. So there's some, you know, there's some more election fixing. And then, you know, the economy fucks up. And then they go full on nationalist. And they, you know, use the enemy painting tactics. Those pesky gays. And their smiles and bright colors. At some point you're like, you know, blit, blit. This is just, you know, a tiny minority of an elite trying to control an entire country. So, Oligarchs. Like... You know, I I respect, you know, the sovereignty of countries, but I find it easier to act on kicking out, you know, a government when it's especially not, you know, elected by the populace. Hmm. And I mean, considering he's now, you know, tri tricks and trips here so that he can probably control Russia until he dies, you know, you, either ha you have to act in some way, either like making sure something happens behind the scenes, or you need to make sure that, you know, if they cross the border to Europe, 
you show them that they can't. Yeah. Uh, by all means, uh, if they can knock Putin off and, well, he's just going to be replaced with some other younger figurehead. Um, um, I think that will be interesting because um, I don't think they really have a clear successor. And, you know, this is a classical problem when you do this kind of, I guess I coined it, tyrannization, that, like, the one guy is so, com- you know, important in getting all the power for himself that the, the second one in command... I mean, sure, I'm sure that, you know, somebody will follow him, but he will not have the same authority, so people won't be afraid to fuck with him in the same way. Yeah. Like, we, we kind of seen this, well, I guess we could put this in here since, like, I mean, this is all Russia. Like, Kazakhstan, uh, shit has been going down there. I mean, mm. we should have done episodes way long ago. And it's kind of the problem there, because they had, like, one leader that used to be, you know, uh, part of the USSR, the leader guy, and then he took control over Kazakhstan when it became his own country. And then, like, a couple of years back, he was going to step down. Like, he was still going to hold the power, but he was, like, you know, publicly stepping down. Mm. And, you know, that's been the problem, that, like, he's not been willing, of course, since he's kind of still running the country, he's not been willing to give his uh, successor the authority, you know, you need to, like, run a dictatorship. Yeah, and suddenly people start demonstrating. But you know, when you have Putin on the phone, you can get shock troops to deal with that shit. And that that is interesting about Russia because, uh, like I said, the power structure is. Uh, I can't say that I know. I, does anyone really know the details of the power structure there? I don't think so. Aside from you know him and his guys, but I think the question is: Is Putin on top, and then has some? rich friends or are the rich friends on top and they're giving the power to put in in public i'm thinking i mean he has he has a kjb background which gives him some personal extra oomph you know some extra power in there you know having so many contacts in the intelligence uh, community that's that's a big deal however the money really lies with you know the oligarchs and well of course, he can always clean out the disloyal oligarchs, to some extent, probably. As long as it's not so, too many of them. Yeah, so, it's like you said, how how much in control is he? Is he controlling his oligarch friends, or is it more of an equal relationship that, hey, as long as you don't lose us too much money, we'll let you run the country, we just want to be rich assholes. Or is... Or is he just, you know, basically an employee of these oligarchs? I don't know. And like you said, you know, Kazakhstan is a good example. Because the thing with these kinds of countries, tyrannical, tyrannically ran, run countries, is that Putin can't show weakness by naming a clear successor. Yeah. Because once he names a clear successor, all the people around him, all his friends... If they are unhappy with him or, you know, see a more profitable alternative, they can start doing, laying the groundworks for replacing him. So for him personally, it's a good thing to not have a clear successor. It's kind of why you see in big companies that, like, the CEO announces he's leaving the company the same day he's stepping down. It's, mm. it's, like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to quit in two years' time, go off with retirement. It's like, I'm done today. Goodbye. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've been kind of thinking about this sometimes when I've been 
thinking about uh, North Korea because you know there's very typical things when you talk about you know the, the current leader that you know they talk about you know how brutal he is and all the bad shit he's done and I'm not saying he hasn't done bad shit but I think a lot of the things he did was kind of the things you need to do when you're taking over a dictatorship when the current guy controlled everything and you just need to like instate fucking authority uh, yeah I mean when you choose to play that game it's it's a terrible terrible game, but when you choose to play it, you need to. There are some bases you need to cover, like you said. It, yeah, it's kind of like you know you, when you get in prison, you just need to beat the living shit out of a guy to make a point. Yeah, you just gotta make sure you're not. Yeah, you, you gotta make sure you're not stepped on. So I would rather just not participate in this game. Of course, I don't want to massacre. Yeah, a bunch of civilians. I'm but pretty sure that Ukraine didn't want to enter this prison shower as well. But mm. you know, the soap just hit the floor. So, the big thing looming in the background here, at least from you know the people I've been discussing this with, is the fear of a third world war. I don't think it's very realistic, uh, but it could happen. Yeah, I mean, Russia is. I mean, when you poke a bear. Shit might happen. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's there's know. only so many classified documents I have read. <clears throat> no comment. But <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in our lifetime, that this is the closest thing we've been to, like, serious big war. Not like, let's go and fuck up some country in the Middle East kind of a war, but, like, actual war. Yeah, yeah an actual conflict between two, Equals if not equal, then, yeah, two uh, comparable You know, like, both, both parties will have an air force. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, most of the wars we've seen has been imperialist America. Basically, it's been an adult beating on a child. That Those are the wars we've seen. I would argue it's been several adults beating on several a child. Several adults, sure. <laughs> Still grown-ups beating children. It's not, an, it's not a fair fight at all. Russia facing off against Europe and the forces of NATO. That's a much more even fight. I mean, I think Russia loses, but uh, one nuke could solve a lot of problems for an insane yeah. Russian leader. I wonder how... I'm not going to say that NATO is not taking this seriously, but I'm I'm wondering if like people are like so certain that like it's not going to be a big war about this, that they're not considering the risk of it. Yeah, I think that's a serious... Yeah, I think we're at risk of that. I think that might be the thing, because... I mean... I guess it's kind of a good thing that most of our world leaders are motivated by profit because one of the positive, one of the good things about that... that we could conquer the vodka market. Saying that shit leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But one of the positives of, you know, running a globe based on greed is that if you nuke <laughs> big, big parts of that planet uh there's profit Building loss rights. yeah like all those rich fucks <laughs> controlling our nations uh they don't profit from nuclear war uh, or yeah so i don't think that's a risk i mean i don't know how many people in the real world are, world are scared of it but i've had friends commenting that hey shit don't want to poke russia nuclear war world war three uh, and I don't think Russia's going to go there. Uh, I think they're putting up a facade. Yeah, but... they're, they're a bit desperate, but they're also very good at like 
playing this kind of like things are just about to explode game for but, benefits. But when you say desperate, because uh, I'd like you to just explain to the people listening what you mean by that. Because Russia, I think, is viewed as a very strong nation, you know, financially, militarily. I think most people view them as very strong. And that's a very... That's that's um, oh, um, that's on purpose on yeah. Russia's part. They they are desperate to keep up they're like, the image of a strong Russia. They're like but they the, really aren't that strong. They're the dude in the room trying to convince you that he's the alpha male. Yeah, he's the guy wearing a tap out shirt. And uh, the other people are like, you know, fight me, bro, fight me, bro. I'm over here, bro. Why, why would here. you care about such words? No, I mean the problem is that economically they're not doing so well. And especially considering, you know, the things that happened after Crimea, you know, they've been feeling the sanctions. And especially, I mean, they've been trying to get some countries to ease them. Uh, but if things get worse, like, they cracked hard down around the last election because due to, you know, some financial problems... Suddenly, like, a lot of people suddenly started voting for other people than, you know, Putin's party. And, you know, they, they almost almost ha didn't have a majority anymore. So... It's a very fragile If it were to get even structure. worse because of, you know, losses or things, they, they can't back this up. And, you know, the big difference between Russia and China, but I feel like it's many, is China's understood that, like... We're just gonna play the economic game and we'll fucking win at the end. Mm. Like, yeah, we're gonna have a military, we're gonna, you know, exert our presence and do all of things. But primary, we have, you know, an economic strategy to just, you know, produ outproduce the world. Russia never really, after, you know, the Soviet Union collapsed, they never really invested in building, you know, an economy outside of, like, you know, the top oligarchs lacing their pockets with all the things they could get so like i'm not saying you know we're gonna see like you know a revolution in a couple of years but i'm feeling russia could be you know depending on you know random shit happening in the world like they, they get a few bad rolls and that shit could get hot really quick yeah i mean that's a power base that's eroding by the day um and i don't think a lot of people are aware of that I mean, that's what you get when people aren't, you know, as engaged in politics in general. But, uh, yeah, Russia isn't, isn't that hardcore com financial, uh, economic combatant that people think it is. Uh, personally, I think, I mean, Russia, uh, China is number one. China number one. After Taiwan, of course. Uh, also, uh, free Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, uh, good luck with that. Uh, like I said, China, number one. And uh, they're just going to continue to grow. I, just, I see no signs of China's power dissipating. We're about to all fall onto our knees and suck them off in the Winter Olympics. Uh, while America keeps imploding over bullshit issues internally. And uh, yeah, Russia is more like a, yeah, a crumbling, crumbling mountain. Uh, so, yeah. Remember at the start when we said, like, we're going to do a positive episode sometime? Before the year is over, I said, we, we have a year, Matthew, to get all our poison out. Yeah, if it <laughs> becomes nuclear war first. Maybe we'll just be really, really happy about that nuclear war, Matthew. Have you 
consider that. Maybe nuclear war is exactly what we need in this world. You know, I've always thought that, hey, having a few extra hands and eyeballs would be nice. Hmm? Think positively, Matthew. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's, this uh... is Podcast Yggdrasil calling in from 1999. Yo. Yeah, I, I think I said something about that your students soon are going to call you a boomer. But that, yeah. That's grounds for... That, when I, that's self-defense, right? When I just set the classroom on fire. I'm not going to be called a boomer. Uh, I need yeah. to teach my kids what a boomer is, so they will not identify me as one. Ukraine, they're... You're just a cunt <laughs> That's right, kids. I may be a cunt, but I'm not a boomer. <laughs> uh, Can we say the C word? The C word? I mean, the N word? The F word? It, it depends on the type of C word. Cunt. I'm not sure if you. Re There's been some online discourse because. Uh, what? Twitch decided that, you know, I mean, for obvious reason, you know, saying, you know, the actual N word on Twitch is a no no. Oh, you mean? <laughs> but 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 in terms of that, are you talking about? In terms of that, they also decided that you know every single form of thing that can be construed as a racial slur should lead you to being banned. So if you were to say cracker or now what is referred to as the c word, that's the c word. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you dirty, filthy Caucasian. I mean, is Caucasian still cool? I How about Octoroon, so. Matthew? <laughs> I mean, you know, I've grown I've grown very fond of the word Octoroon. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's a difference between saying, you know, I'm an ignorant racist fuck or or saying I have a PhD in racism. Uh, yeah, it's like you need to study to understand yeah. my slurs. I studied like 4 years to learn how to insult you in a way you won't understand. Octo. <laughs> it's such a stupid word. I love it. Because uh, I, I, I dare you. So tell any black person, hey, you're an Octoroon. I mean, it, it's technically meant against white people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's basically saying you're not you're not pure white. Yeah, you're not pure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll bet you can go to the beach and not get a sunburn. <laughs> you dirty, dirty, well-adapted, genetically modified... <laughs> it's so stupid. I guess your ancestors are from Africa. Like, holy shit, I'm one eighth black? That's awesome. Like, I can go in the sun now. I'll get better at basketball. I already like grapes. <laughs> Chicken's awesome. Uh, I can't rap, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gonna need at least 50% for that. That that recording is so amazing. Uh, that guy's so. Uh, what's his name again? Richard something? Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer, my my guy. What a fucking asshole. Uh, okay, yeah. I told you we'd get some positivity into this bitch. Uh, Woo! Yes. Well, that's done. Laughing on neo-Nazis. Only 364 more days of misery then. <laughs> Unless nuclear war. Unless. <laughs> uh, uh, just for anyone listening, uh, I... Please, please... Uh, Google Richard Spencer, uh, I don't know, racist tirade or going insane, Charlottesville something something. It's a recording of Richard Spencer, the guy, uh, he was behind the march, 
the the march for the uh, rights he march was... the cracker march or whatever what the cracker march <laughs> <laughs> what i don't know the, the, the something uh, really really racist in charlottesville stop where... removing our biscuits yeah that, that first march with the tiki torches where yeah, some lady no. got run over by a I car mean, he, he was a big part of that but he was also you know just he was kind of the guy who tried to make you know the old right, right, yeah, 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 mainstream. Like he, he got you know put on CNN for a while. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, by all means, this recording should also be no. on CNN. It's <laughs> magical. Uh, in the recording, you hear a very calm and collected Richard Spencer, absolutely screaming his anger. He's so angry because someone ruined his little racist get together. Yeah. He's so angry. He. When I heard it the first time, I thought it was fake. I thought it was scripted. That shit is so outrageously hilarious. Like, who, again, who's called someone an octoroon? That, I, didn't even, I didn't know that word before I heard that tape. I learned things from Richard Spencer. <laughs> Already knew he was an asshole. I didn't know he was a poet. I didn't know he was a poet. <laughs> he goes insane. I mean, I'm on top, and you are down here, you filthy blacks or Jews or whatever. And you, I, my ancestors used to own people like you. They used to look up at me. Ah! <laughs> I mean, uh, it's funny to laugh at, but like, we're like. I mean, it's horrifying. We're, we're of three course. or four years later, and like, people storm the fucking Capitol. Yeah, like, I, I'm shocked he's not a sitting member of Congress yet. Yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah, Give I mean, it a... I mean, the midterms is not uh, obvious. Yeah, like, it's easy for me to say this as a very, very white Norwegian male sitting here, safely tucked away in my living room. But, uh, yeah, that shit must be terrifying if you're in any way non- non-black or worse, one-eighth black. I mean, that's gotta be the worst, right? To be mostly white, but enough non-white to be a race traitor, right? It's It's complicated. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> oh, Octoroon. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I Ukraine think, 2022. I think one good thing Ukraine has done, and I mean, considering if it's going to become a war or not, is that they already started mobilizing and started like, I mean, they, they basically made it public that like, we're not going to fight if they come. We're going to go to the hills and we're going to hit them run and we're just going to, you know, guerrilla warfare this shit. Mm. Like, you, you come in here, you bleed. And uh, Yeah, Vietnam, those fuckers. I, I mean, at least that's... You know how cold Ukraine can be? Well, the Russian, of course, they know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we marched through these hills before. Oof. How funny wouldn't that be if, like, Russia were to collapse by accidentally invading Russia during winter? <laughs> They re- they invade themselves. Yeah. <laughs> friendly fire, friendly fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, you rolled a natural one, bitch. Okay, so, yeah. so I guess good luck, Ukraine. Yeah, I hope we help you. No nuclear war, please. We have a podcast to make. Yes, that's true. And Ish. kids to raise. Oh yeah, that's yeah. too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. That's the first episode for the year. Oof. Well, okay. Talk to you guys later. Uh, follow us on our Things. very active Twitter account. I feel so bad about that Twitter account, Matthew. I feel so bad about our lack of episodes. Shh. It's not as bad as you think, but that Twitter account needs to go up. I mean, you were so active on Twitter before. We were supposed. You're a Twitter wizard. Matthew. We were supposed to have a second podcast. It's it's in the works. <laughs>
it's, it's it's in it's I'm the idea guy, okay? I don't I don't actually do stuff. <laughs> um, okay guys, uh see you later. Bye. Bye.